Hey, uh, thanks for listening to the Nick and Big J podcast. We appreciate it. And you know what? It's brought to you by The Advocates. If you've been in an accident, well, call The Advocates. 208-471-4444. Decided to sleep in? Missed your favorite morning show? Yeah, don't worry. It's the Morning After Podcast with Nick and Big J. Presented by Treasure Valley Subaru, Idaho Center's premier pre-owned superstore. With their pre-owned personal shopper, your requests will be personally handled by their team of salespeople, sales managers, and vehicle buyers, meaning you got someone looking out for you the whole way. And with easy-peasy loan approval, they've got you taken care of in a way that doesn't require a social security number or trigger a credit inquiry. So go check them out, Treasure Valley Subaru at the Idaho Center. Now, for Nick and Big J. Take it away, boys. Well, what up, everybody? It is the morning after with Nick and Big J. Welcome to Monday, man. 26th day of September 2022. My name is Nick. Hey, look, everybody. It's Big J. Hey. Hey. How was the weekend, Big J? It was good. Yeah. Did you do anything of note? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the wife came back. uh, The family came back from Australia on Friday. Sure. And uh, so, um, I mean, it took... They were up for like 30 hours. Just getting used to the time change again? Well, just, I mean, they were up that long. Oh, they didn't sleep on the plane at all? I did a little bit, but uh, not that easy sometimes. So, uh, and then just getting back home was was a long thing. So uh, they uh, took took it easy Saturday. But uh, the wife did go shopping and she ended up buying an inflatable hot tub. Really? Yeah, so uh, we spent Saturday getting that set up, and uh, it's uh, yesterday we filled it up with water, and so now it's, it's heating up, so we'll see how that works out. Uh, is it a larger one? Does it take yeah, a bulk of the patio? Two to four person. It's not that we have a very large patio, yes. so I mean, it's uh, it's decent size. We'll see. You going to get in there today? Yeah. Relax a little bit? See if Right you into the... I was like, oh, perfect timing. It's starting to cool down. No, it's going to be high 80s. Yeah, 89. Listen, I have no interest in getting to a a vat of water of 104 degrees in our back patio where it gets the hottest. (laughs) So So already you're not interested in that. Maybe later in the evening for a few minutes. (laughs) All right, well, good luck with that, my man. Was it difficult to put together? No, not really. Because, I mean, I'm sure you have, like, some sort of compressor or something that helped blow it up, right? You didn't have to, like pump it all up did you no you did yeah but it's all part of the system that you get with it you basically just hit the on button and it blows itself up kind of a thing for the most part like yeah. uh, like an air, like an air mattress yes in some ways understood apparently they're pretty popular though so we'll see how it works out uh, was it expensive like because hot tubs are expensive expensive for the employee. yeah no i would say relatively not considering a real hot tub like sure. 400 bucks all right then bad uh is that on the costco run like an impulse yes. buy yes oh man yes exactly how much trouble would you get in if you bought something for four hundred dollars on a on a whim? See, here's the thing: I don't because of this. <laughs> so there's an un, you know, like an unspoken kind of thing. Like you do what you uh, okay, I won't complain about it. You don't complain about what I buy. That's nice. How does that work out? I still get complaints. <laughs> Today on the show, we have a chance for you to go to a couple of shows that are coming up this weekend: Candlebox and Trivium Saturday and Sunday. We are excited to be the gateway for those for you. Not to mention the fact that today is the day we are starting the $1,000 a day inflation retaliation. So 9 o'clock this morning, a couple minutes into the 9 o'clock hour, your very first text keyword to get in the running for our daily drawing of $1,000 American dollars that we're going to do. 
five different keywords today, five different chances to qualify. That means your name and number could be in the hopper up to five times for that drawing. So there's a lot of money on the line. We're encouraging you to listen at those times, which of course are 9, 11, 1, 3, and 5 for your chance to get in on that cash. It's just got a text to win. It's that easy. So it's going to be a very big show as we kick off that money giveaway today. Plus, we play music on this show. Let's get started with some Green Day here on the morning after on the X Rocks. On the morning after with Nick and Big J. Interesting couple of days for law enforcement in and around the Treasure Valley, Big J. All of this mostly came around on Friday, but Boise Police Chief Ryan Lee resigned Friday at the request of the mayor. His resignation is effective October 14th. According to a news release from city officials, he'll be on leave until that moment. And so uh, they've got a new police chief all ready to go. But this is kind of like one of those deals where it was accumulating to this particular point. There's lots of complaints, lots of investigations by his own officers into uh, former Chief Ryan Lee. And so I don't know if this is the end of the story, but it's certainly the end of his tenure as the police chief for the city of Boise. Ron Wigner uh, going to be the acting chief who will start uh, tomorrow officially on the job. And so we'll see how this goes and where this goes. But then the other story came out of Caldwell, of course, the police lieutenant that had been facing charges and was uh, going to trial because of it. Joseph Hoadley was uh, found guilty of three out of four of the charges. Uh, Basically found guilty of destruction of records in a federal investigation, tampering with a witness and tampering with documents revolving around a case. Found guilty of all of those. And uh, basically what happened is somebody went to the FBI to complain about him. uh, And then uh, he was found guilty of tampering with that witness who went to the FBI and wiping uh, department cell phone and laptop data of uh, information before handing it over to investigators. So uh, it was not a good weekend for law enforcement. I'll put it that way. So. Maybe this is a clean start in Boise, and certainly they want uh, the issues resolved in Caldwell as well. But some interesting turn of events here in the Treasure Valley over the course of the last couple of days. But at least, Big J, you've got your Boise State Broncos to lean on. You understand? Oh, yeah. Uh, Big game on Friday night, heavily favored against the UTEP Miners. And what do they do? They go down to Texas and El Paso and lay a complete egg and just got housed. How would you describe that? Crap down their leg. I I would say they they, they definitely crap down their leg. 27 to 10, your final score on a Friday night. Uh, Not great, man. I mean, they gave up a punt return. The defense was okay, but offense could not do anything. Hank Backmeyer, 13 to 34 for 93 yards, yet they never moved on from him in this game, which I never really understood. I mean, it was pretty clear that, you know, they needed some sort of spark and Hank was not giving it to him, but they never moved out of the way. I mean, only 84 yards rushing, 177 yards total offense, which is very un State-like no matter what. But uh, it is the first victory ever over Boise State for UTEP. Broncos still lead the series 6-1. to one. Uh, For the record, the Broncos were almost 17-point favorites in this game, and UTEP did pretty much whatever they wanted. So after the game, probably not surprising that uh, Andy Avalos decided to fire the offensive coordinator. Tim Plough is out, and he may have hired his own replacement with Dirk Cutter coming back to the Broncos as the offensive coordinator. He was a special assistant leading up to this game. Uh, he was in the running for the head coach position again. If you remember when Andy Avalos yeah. originally got the job, 
And now he is back as the offensive coordinator for the Broncos. We'll see if that can make any kind of... I'm not well, sure if... he can't it, fix it. Nobody can. I'm not sure if it's a scheme problem or if it's a personnel problem, if we're being perfectly honest. Well, it might be a little bit of both. Right. I, I mean, uh, you know... We'll, I'm just we'll saying see. it's not going to be like he's not going to wave a magic wand and fix it if it's a personnel problem. I right. guess. Well, yeah, I'm not a scout. I can't tell you if the if we have comically low talent on the offensive side of the ball or it's just a scheme problem. I feel Big J's right. It's probably a little bit of both. That's why I'm saying you can't expect, you know, I don't expect the Broncos to go out and score 60 next game, I guess. My point. I feel like the last couple seasons of Harson's tenure, the recruiting just wasn't there and the cupboard is It seemed like he had his... Well, from the outside looking in, again, I don't know anything about that. Harson wasn't very forthcoming about anything. He kind of went to the uh, Coach Pete school when it came to that. He wasn't telling you who he was recruiting or who they were happy that they got or who they weren't happy that they got. But yes, you're right. It does appear that maybe uh, Harson was more worried about another job than he was getting people into the Boise State. But they have talent there. Uh, and there maybe hasn't been some opportunities, but it just it hasn't looked like it this season, I'll tell you that. Well, in the past, you could take some of that talent that maybe wasn't as highly recruited by other schools and coach them up, and that was the one of the keys to building this program that I don't think has really been done that well in the last couple years. No, I think, I think you're right, but I also believe that the degree of talent kind of uh, going the opposite way has been a direct impact with there's just not a lot of interest around Boise State football anymore because we're not on TV as much as we were. Uh, I believe it goes back. We talked about this several times, but the the, the Broncos' decline in popularity can go back to our decline in ESPN yeah. games, guaranteed. Yeah, the whining and crying about the late evening games is the reason we're in this place. Bronco yeah. fan. I honestly there believe that with all of my heart. I think if this team was on TV every uh, every week, still Thursday, Wednesday, who gives a rat's ass? People would actually have some interest in this program, and it might be taking some kids from other markets that weren't familiar that just want to get on TV. That would help. But instead, you know, we've got Friday night games in UTEP, and we're losing 27 to 10. But hey, at least you don't have to worry about going to the game, right? Hey, uh, I guess uh, onset drama equals box office success because Don't Worry Darling was the number one movie of the weekend, Big J. $19.2 million at the box office for a movie about, I mean, could you give me a synopsis? Uh, Yeah, it's about uh, a weird, crazy cult. See, I don't think that's what it's about. It's what it looks like to right. me. That's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, that's that speaks to the whole, like, it really hasn't been marketed other than the fact that you've got drama between Florence Pugh and Olivia Wilde. And really, I guess that's all it takes to get people to the theater. Uh, and it was good enough for number one. Woman King number two, the re-release of Avatar, came in at number three, Big J. $10 million for a movie that, you know, everybody's seen. What a bunch of losers if you went to that. So maybe there's going to be an interest in Avatar 2 when it comes out. <laughs> Barbarian number four, Pearl coming in at number five at the box office this weekend. Did you see any movies? No beautiful morning after with nick and big j there's your first round of important stuff now to see the return of that band five figure death punch on the 15th of december at the idaho center you can grab them at xrock.com or you can go to ictickets.com it's the morning after with nick and big j and i i get into this knowing full well that big j you and i are different than a lot of people out there our schedule uh, requires us to do things at different times. Although, in your case, you have a house full of people that you also have to appease when it comes to things like mealtime. So, I ask you, Big J, when the Big J household sits down to have dinner together, 
Like, let's say you're having a family dinner. Let's say it's a Saturday night. What or, time are you sitting down to have dinner? I mean, it, it's dinner time. It, in the big okay, I'll give you a. Uh, I'll give you like a a a. Um, I guess a. A, a ballpark. A How ballpark. About that? Thank you. Yes. Uh, between five and seven o'clock. Okay. So you've got a two-hour window in which dinner uh, could take place. Yeah. Do you, as somebody that works your schedule, prefer the earlier dinner time, or does it even matter to you? I think I would prefer it earlier than later. Do you find yourself uh, eating later mostly because the family wants to do it or maybe the wife works well, until a particular time? Yeah, well, sometimes it depends on the wife's schedule and she's working from home. So, you know, she'll have a break or a lunch at some point. Um, and so I'm trying to fit it in that time so she can at least, you know, eat in peace. And, sure. Uh, but then also, you know, when Kyle comes home, you know, he, he right now he's going to work and he goes to school. So he's not coming home till 830 or 9 o'clock. So I, I it's, it's like impossible. I can't really worry about that, though. I wish I could could you know have you know dinner ready when i do cook for 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 him when he comes home because that's a long ass day um but uh, so there's yeah there is a lot of variables that go into it and that's part of what's happening in families everywhere but you know it's interesting because east coast uh new york city is where a lot of things in hustle and bustle and for the longest time the most popular time to eat dinner in that city was eight o'clock at night uh, they do things a little bit later over there. It's a city that never sleeps, if you will, Big J. So 8 o'clock was always like reservations at 8 for dinner kind of a thing. And ever since the pandemic, everybody has started eating dinner earlier is what they have found, at least in New York, because the most popular time for dinner reservations now is 6 o'clock, which has never been that early in the city. And restaurants are kind of reeling to deal with that because a lot of times they had their staff and everything on later. And now they're trying to figure out how to get everybody there a little bit earlier. And they believe that the eating habits that we took in from the pandemic has made us all want to eat dinner a little bit earlier. Now, there's also some health benefits to eating earlier. Uh, I'm not sure if there is such a thing as a, quote, ideal dinner time for you. But I imagine that kind of based on your schedule. But I'm a dude that, like, mostly because my kids are on this schedule, 5 o'clock is dinner time. That's just the way it goes uh, because, well, they, they go to bed earlier than, than most. So, you know, uh, having them stay up at, or eat dinner at 7 and then go to bed an hour later doesn't exactly uh, track with the kind of, you know, metabolism that you want to put together. So uh, everybody's eating around 5 o'clock when I have a chance to prepare dinner for an entire group of people. But... Anywhere from 6 to 8 p.m. is usually on the average, but it's interesting that people are eating dinner at least a little bit later in the larger, excuse me, a little bit earlier in the larger cities. I'm not sure why the pandemic had something. Maybe we were going to bed earlier because we were at home all the time. Who knows yeah. or why it changed? Like, who knows when you're going to eat? It could Whenever maybe, DoorDash shows up. Maybe we'll never eat again unless DoorDash is here. Morning After with Nick and Big J. Your bearded badass for the week is coming up next on the X-Rocks. <laughs> On the morning after with Nick and Big J. Yeah, the, uh, the Beard of Badass here brought to you by The Beardsmith. Thebeardsmith.com is the website you can go. You can get yourself an appointment that way at either the Caldwell location or the Garden City location. And you can buy your beard grease there as well, which is becoming a uh, national and international phenomenon. Uh, Nick, one might ask, why has it taken 52 other episodes of Beard of Badass to get to the seven-time Oscar nominee, one-time winner? Well, sometimes the dude just abides. 
That's right. Today's bearded badass is Jeff Bridges, who has played some very iconic roles, but maybe none more iconic than Jeffrey Lebowski, a.k.a. The Dude. Bridges' road to acting was set at the age of nine, so he did come from an already established family in entertainment. His father was also a famous actor, Lloyd Bridges, and his brother, Bo Bridges. Of course, Jeff hasn't uh, been in every film with some sort of facial hair. He's uh, often been very clean-shaven for his roles in uh, Lightfoot, uh, as Lightfoot in Eastwood's Thunderbolt and Lightfoot, or uh, which he received an Oscar nomination, or as Flynn, the programmer in the movie Tron. Through his seven decades of acting, he would take on several that did require a beard, including Obadiah, the big bad in Iron Man. Can't miss that one. However, to be honest... His famous, uh, his face is synonymous with the goatee, and absolutely because of the dude, Big Lebowski. The role is iconic, and the fact isn't lost on Bridges, where some might want to separate themselves. He continues to openly discuss and even appear at Lebowski events. And in 2013, Bridges wrote "The Dude and the Zen Master" with Bernie Glassman. Now, Bridges found himself at a party with Glassman, and uh, and, and, and the conversation led to discussing the parallels between the dude from the Big Lebowski and Zen Buddhism, something that uh, is uh, very much an interest of Jeff Bridges. The book was formed from what was uh, been described as a transcript transcript of a five-day hang on a Montana ranch. Sounds a little weird and interesting at the same time. Now, during this illustrious career, he's done a lot of things to give back. And in 1984, Bridges and other entertainment industry leaders founded the End Hunger Network, aimed at encouraging, stimulating, and supporting action to end childhood hunger. He supported uh, President Obama's initiative to end childhood hunger by 2015. And in November 2010, Bridges became spokesman for the No Kid Hungry campaign of the organization Share Our Strength. It's a goal to present and undertake a state-by-state strategy to end childhood hunger in the United States. Bridges also supports environmental causes and organizations such as the Amazon Conservation Team. Now, in 2020, he announced that he had lymphoma, something he quickly kicked, thankfully, into remission. And at the age of 72, it doesn't seem like he's too keen on slowing down. You can catch him in AMC's TV series called The Old Man, something I think Nick recommends. It's FX's, but yeah. Oh, is it FX? I'm sorry. And then uh, it is on my list of things to see as well. Of course, Jeff Bridges is for uh, undoubtedly a bearded badass. Indeed, and welcome officially to the club there, Jeff Bridges. Uh, That means you haven't watched the show yet, huh? No, I haven't had a chance. No. All episodes are now streaming. It's coming for season two. I I do highly recommend it. It's actually a pretty easy, breezy uh, kind of watch. I was talking to somebody yesterday about how, like, FX doesn't have a whole hell of a lot of misses, man. I mean, if you are going to commit yourself to a series that is on FX, odds are it's going to be pretty damn good. Because I now there may be some that you look at and go, I'm not interested in. And that's fine. That's entirely up to you. But like, I can't think of a, of a series that I watched on FX that I actually sat down and watched that I haven't thoroughly enjoyed or have been impressed by. It's got a pretty good track record, I guess is my point. Like, there's not a lot of networks out there that can't miss. And so far, FX is that for me. Like, you know, Archer is one of those. Always Sunny in Philadelphia is fantastic. Yeah. Atlanta's great. Old Man is terrific. I, I want to sit down and watch this uh, once it's actually all ready to go. The new Steve Carell show looks great. The Patient. 
Uh, oh, yeah. That looks like it's going to be heavy, and I've heard really, really good things about it. So uh, I think it's one of those deals where you might be pretty well served. I mean, and, and and it's got, like, a nice little partnership with Hulu, so you don't have to, like, have cable to get it. If you are a Hulu subscriber, you can watch the new shows, and I highly recommend The Old Man uh, that Jeff Bridges is in uh, from it. I think he's terrific in it. Uh, there's your bearded badass, courtesy of the Beardsmith and, of course, Big J. Nick and Big J. The annual Skytrax World Airline Awards were handed out last week, Big J. Don't you want to know if you're flying internationally what airline you should be taking? Yeah. Qatar Airlines. It won the world's best airline for the second year in a row, baby. Number one by a long shot in customer service. Number one in on time and not a lot of delays. They just apparently have it down to a T. Singapore Airlines came in third, and Amorites uh, came in second. Turkish Airlines was listed as the best airline in Europe, and all Nippon Airlines won Best Airline Cleanliness. These are worldwide awards, keep in mind. Uh, For the North American categories, Big J Southwest won Best Low-Cost Airline, Delta won Best Staff Services, and United won Best Business Class Lounge. So there are your awards I'm sure they'll be hanging on the wall. Now you know the best of the best. I started thinking about this. I, I don't. I imagine you have because you know the wife working for an airline. You probably have some perks that some of us aren't privy to. Have you ever been in a business lounge for yeah. an airline? Uh, I don't know about business lounge, but I've been in a, 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 a lounge for sure. Sure, the, but uh, like Alaska the, the, the high lounge. society lounge. Yeah, it's nice. What do they give you in there? What's it like? Uh, it, it's some some space and just comfortable seating to hang out in, so you don't have like the, the whatever the airport the commoners. Yeah, the commoners, and uh, then there's usually free food and drink. Okay, in there. and like a charger for your phone that you know yep. to wrestle three other people for. Exactly. All right. Outlets, uh, everything. It's, it's well, how do you it's get nice. like? I mean, you can't like buy your way in when you're there. You have to be part of like some sort of like club, right? To well, get in generally, it. you know, if well, first and foremost, if you're flying on a regular basis, I mean, you need to sign up for all the airlines rewards stuff. But yeah, um, the people who fly the most, who get the most miles, they're obviously going to get you know those free lounge passes, and you can upgrade to them and, and pay a certain amount um, generally as well. So there are ways that you can buy your way in. I don't know if I've ever seen it like. Add on is like when I'm purchasing a ticket, but you don't I fly do. enough. No, that is true. I don't. They're like, you don't. You're a baby when it comes to flying somewhere. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it, it's not if you, for the first time you're flying, you're not going to get that experience. That's for sure. No, but I am a rewards member on a couple of things, yeah. but I still can't remember ever like having that as like one of those options. But I know they're there, and for those of you that do take advantage, I'm sure it's very very nice. So enjoy your flight wherever it is that you're going. Uh, I'm not sure Boise State enjoyed the flight home from uh, El Paso on Friday night as they got taken to the woodshed. 27 to 10, the Miners put a beating on them on Friday. Boise State falls to four, two and two on the season after four games and just once again could not get anything going on offense, running or passing. Hank Bachmeyer, 13 of 34 for just 93 yards, 84 yards rushing total, 177 yards of total offense. So after that, uh, they fired offensive coordinator Tim Plough, which everybody was calling for his head anyway for the last couple of games. And Dirk Cutter, the former head coach of the Boise State Broncos, taking over for the rest of the season as offensive coordinator. And he has some work to do to figure out what's going on with this Boise State offense because it is not uh, the kind of thing that fans expect 
out of this team so far uh, after a incredibly easy schedule to begin the season and you're two and two as a Broncos fan you cannot be happy the thing that I uh, I'm, I'm happy about with him in this role is that not only that but that he's a great offensive coordinator has done it at every level in football but also you know he was there when this program really got started in being what it is well at least it has been up until this point and so he knows how to build that and I think that you know it's one thing being a special consultant uh, he does have uh, a son on the team and that sort of thing but being in the offensive coordinator role I think will give an opportunity at least to, to shed more of that knowledge and experience uh, to the rest of the team I hope plus a well-documentized time with you Big J at the Fiesta Bowl agree or disagree? <laughs> yeah yeah, you got to hang out with Dirk Cutter a little bit, and where was it? Where were you at a bar? Yeah, we were at a bar yeah. in uh, in Phoenix somewhere, probably a place that you've been drunk at. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, there's plenty of places in Phoenix <coughs> I've been drunk at, so yeah, odds are pretty good. It's official, Big J. We have a headliner for the Super Bowl halftime show. Are you ready for Rihanna? Metallica. No, it's Rihanna. Uh, over the weekend, it was announced that it was happening, and Riri is taking her talents to the big game, my friend. Rihanna posted a picture of her hand holding an NFL football on her social media, and Apple Music uh, paid a ridiculous amount of money to be a part of it, so they're curating this halftime show. And uh, Jay-Z is very happy. Of course, she's a Rock Nation artist. Apparently, that's who's also involved with the halftime show. So maybe we'll see Dorothy, Big J. She's a Rock Nation artist. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, odds, are, odds are Probably Dorothy not. that pops up at the Super Bowl this year, I would say pretty low as well. But that's the uh, that's the entertainment you are going to get. Whether you like it or not, I'm not sure they care. And so that's what's happening. An end of an era, Big J, happened officially on Friday. James Earl Jones announced that he is leaving the voice of Darth Vader and giving it to the machines. The 91-year-old actor has signed his voiceover basically via contract to something called Respeecher. It is a startup which specializes in voice cloning, and that is going to give Darth Vader the voice that sounds like James Earl Jones, the voice through eternity, no matter what happens to James Earl Jones. Now, they already used this as a kind of like a tester in Obi-Wan Kenobi. Everybody was happy with the results, and so now this is going to be the permanent way that they do that. I wonder how James Earl Jones, how would you feel about that? I guess. Well, listen. Kind of weird. I'm number one. I'm 100% certain he's getting compensated for it. Number two. I'm guessing he, as a 91 year old man, he realizes the inevitability well, yeah, of, of what's going to happen. And number three. I think. I mean, if I were him, I would feel honored. Like they don't yeah. want. They don't want to bring in somebody that sounds like me. They want to use my voice. Right. And so what they've done is they put him in a studio, had him say a bunch of stuff, and they were able now to clone his voice to say pretty much anything they wanted to do. So I'm sure it's a way that you know, even though if you are an actor or you do anything creatively, there's a piece of you that lives forever. This is one of those deals that really does you know mean that James Earl Jones forever will be the voice of Darth Vader until Darth Vader ceases to be a thing and that will probably never happen considering the way Disney runs things so it is weird I'm sure it's I'm, I'm it probably weird to wrap your head around that kind of technology as a 91 year old person but probably pretty cool yeah. to have that done and also now you no longer have to go into a recording booth and do this again it's already done 
So I'm sure he got a paycheck and the fans get to be happy because Darth Vader's voice doesn't change. It's not some James Earl Jones knockoff. It's actually him or a computer simulation. of him. I, I think we knew this was probably what was going to happen down the road, but yeah. there you go. I feel better about this than them bringing in somebody else to yeah. voice him. I'll put it that way. So uh, it's happening. It, he signed the paperwork on Friday. It's official. So, you know, as a human being, he's retiring as the voice of Darth Vader, but that voice will carry on forever. 100.3 The X Rocks. Grudges are an amazing thing to hold, and sometimes uh, people hold on to them for almost an unhealthy amount of time, AJ. Yeah? And that is the story of this. Uh, because we go to New York City for today's We're Going to Hell story. And it is a story that starts with Michael Murphy, who is 43 years old. And Michael Murphy does not live in New York City. He lives uh, in the Ohio area, but he grew up in New York City with his sister and his parents. And like 20 years ago, his parents got divorced, as it happens from time to time. It apparently was not a very healthy relationship, and there were some serious issues and animosity between his mother and father. But his mother passed away in 2017 buried in New York, and so uh, he doesn't get out there as much as he would like, but he had a chance to visit his mother's grave about six months ago. And as he and his children stop by to say, you know, hi to his mother and their grandmother, he noticed something really, really weird, Big J. Oh. He noticed that next to her grave were, in little baggies, a bunch of what looked like human fecal matter. And he's like, that's weird. What's why in a bag? Yeah, like there were like three baggies leaned up against the gravestone that looked like human fecal matter. Uh, it wasn't like you know dog sized, I guess, according to Michael. It was a fairly decent amount of poop. And he went to the you know the actual graveyard's like manager and was like, "Hey, why is there poop here?" And the manager was like, I, I don't know, bro. I mean, I, I don't know. It's not us. So they're like, we'll, we'll try to get to the bottom of this. We'll put up some surveillance and see if we can figure out something. And here we are six months later, and we know exactly what was happening. And it's pretty messed up, Big J. Uh, basically, what Michael has found out is that his father, the ex-husband of this woman, uh, goes to this woman's grave every single morning and either urinates or defecates on it every morning as part of his ritual. Jesus. And Michael's like, I didn't know my dad was A, this messed up, B, this pissed at my mom, and C, holding this much of a grudge that he would do this every, like, as part of his morning ritual. He goes for a walk to the graveyard, squeezes out a Cleveland steamer, or takes a number one right on the grave, and then goes about his day. Now, they didn't say Who's where the babies come in. Yeah, I don't know. They didn't get into all that detail in the story. But apparently he's pooping or peeing on the grave of his ex-wife every single day. So Michael obviously has breached this topic with his dad and going, Hey, Dad, why are you peeing on Mom's grave every day? And he showed his sister the footage, too, and she's like, Oh, my God, what's going on with Dad? And uh, the dad has admitted or not admitted to doing it, just won't come clean. So now he's like, My dad won't stop. He won't admit to it. He's an elderly man, but, like, I got to call the cops on my dad to stop him from desecrating my mom's grave. 
And so he has now filed a police report, and that that's in their hands now. But what a weird revelation to make about your elderly parent that this is how they're dealing with that particular loss or that particular breakup or whatever. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, it's there's a lot to unpack here, but that's not a healthy way to deal with things. I, I don't know what kind of satisfaction you could get out of that. Like, I can maybe, maybe you can talk me into, like, doing it once could be a satisfying act, but every day? We've all heard the term, I'm going to, on your grave. Right. Okay? We don't mean that. Usually. You're not supposed to actually do it. And even if you did, again, I'm not sure what you get out of it. Like, I mean, I win, maybe. The first time isn't satisfying enough? you got to do it every (laughs) Every morning? Every day. And apparently, this has been going on, I mean, at least six months. Uh, and, but probably long. She's been dead since 2017. She passed away oh, of cancer man. in 2017. So Michael doesn't know how long his dad has been doing this. But he fears it's been a really, really long time. They divorced again 20 years ago. So this was like 2002 that they you know, were divorced. And she passed in 2017. So maybe he's been doing this for five years, going on six. Which is bonkers. Yeah, that is Got to find a better way to deal with our pain and our grief, everybody. Just, you know, listen, go to therapy, bro. <laughs> Save yourself the, the the expelling of human waste and just go to therapy and talk about it. Morning After with Nick and Big J. There's your We're Going to Hell story. It is the X-Rocks. That is P.O.D. That is Alive here on The Morning After with Nick and Big J. And I'm really not sure what to do with us as a species because we we have all these things at our fingertips. And even as, I guess, easy as it is to access stuff, boy, we still love to bitch and complain about it. For no. instance, Big J, we've all but pretty much given up on ourselves when it comes to streaming everybody that is alive it appears has some sort of streaming service even you know some people have more than one i have a ridiculous number i'm not proud about that so do you uh and so there's a lot of streaming networks out there that have a lot of content and what that basically means is whether you like it or not there's probably a list of things shows movies etc that you Want to watch it sometime, but you haven't sat down to do just yet. Agree or disagree, Big Yes. Uh, if you had to guess how many shows and movies are on your list of things where you're like, hey, man, I'd like to sit down and watch that at some point. Probably seven. Seven total? Seven three, yeah. Uh, and so that's considered to be probably pretty low. And I bet you, Big J, if we went through some of them, it's probably more than you think. Uh, but the, according to the average person on a new streaming survey, 13 shows and 16 movies that they want to watch okay that's a lot now we're talking about now shows of course have multiple seasons multiple episodes 16 movies we're looking at probably well over 200 hours of content right there which is a lot yeah which is leads us into the next part of the survey 68 percent of streaming service subscribers doesn't matter which one you're subscribed to 68 percent say their watch list is too long and they'll never get through it and there's just some shows that they'll never get to despite the fact that they want to watch it they're already given up on the fact that they don't they can't get to something on their list great have you reached that point yet big j no okay because they everybody has said it's nearly impossible for them to get to now there's plenty of things on your watch list big j that are years old though i imagine right 
I mean, there's some stuff that you're like, I would, I do want to watch that movie. I just haven't watched it yet. For instance. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't keep track. Yeah, quite- exactly, because you don't keep a list. But there's, you know, there's things that you can save on streaming networks that give you that opportunity. But it's incredible. The most, uh, I guess listed shows on that list are considered to be among the people that are watching things the most popular for instance 24 percent of people say there's too many stranger things episodes now they'll never get to it 24 no. percent say it's too long of a series for them to get to same thing with game of thrones 21 percent of people out there that want to watch game of thrones say i'll never watch it it's just too much and i've heard how it ends poorly you can do that in a couple weekends trust me Walking Dead, another 21% of people say they'll never watch that show despite the fact that they want to. 19% Breaking Bad, 19% Squid Game, and Squid Game probably the most egregious on that list because it's literally, I think, seven episodes long. It's not like the eight episode or eight season commitment that Game of Thrones is, or you know, having to sit through you know four seasons of hour long Stranger Things, and then season five is an hour and a half or two hours long each episode. But uh, we all are admitting defeat already before we've even tried. So I guess the point is, even when we have a bunch of stuff to choose from, we put too much stuff on our list for us to even feel like it's conquerable. So. I would say take it a little bit at a time and you're going to be there and you're going to be okay. You've all got time to do it. You know, if it's really something that you want to do, you can find the time to do it. But I believe that this also makes us feel a little bit better about ourselves. You know, like I'm way too busy to watch all of Game of Thrones. When none of that's actually <laughs> yeah. true. It's just that you don't want to watch it or it is a big commitment that you're not prepared to make. And all those things are fine and true and up to you, but you don't have to make excuses not to watch. I've said this many times, but I I feel like there's too many options and you just get overwhelmed and then you can't make a decision. Right. But and also don't forget that there is this innate ability for all of us to be drawn sometimes into something that we've watched before out of pure nostalgia or comfort as opposed right. to watching something new that requires oh, us to pay attention to. I'm a big comfort baby. Yes. Like, uh, like, I was pretty depressed when, you know, everybody was gone. That's by myself. So uh, when that happens, I lean on stuff. And, and, and it's because it, I didn't have access to Showtime, I watched the older Fletches. I see. Uh, how did they hold up? Great. I mean, great. Because I've watched them many times and it's just, it feels familiar. And I'm like, ah, oh, it's the 80s. I always feel better when I see stuff from the 80s. Yeah. And so on top of that, plus, I mean, don't forget that that our attention has gone right down the crapper. And so when you're watching something new that requires you to usually pay attention to it and not do anything else, you can't be on your phone or on TikTok nah, while you're watching. I do that once a week where I barely pay attention to a particular movie. I know. We all know. Morning After with Nick and Big J. That's your streaming update. Coming up in a few minutes, we got ourselves some important stuff. You're going to want to hold tight for that. Plus, we also have... Oh, here's traffic. I was wondering how many seconds it would take from when I clicked it for it to actually play. The Morning After with Nick and Big J. Might want to keep swinging in the swinging, swimming in the fall and winter months, my friend. A study in the International Journal of Circumpolar Health, which is fairly serious when it comes to diabetes health, says, hey, taking a cool dip like a really cold one could actually help with diabetes. Now, how cold? Now, the answer is an ice bath, Big J. It's a very popular thing right now. Cold water appears to increase a hormone called acidisoposin, which can help lower your risk of diabetes or help keep your diabetes in control if you've been diagnosed with it. A lot of doctors are, of course, uh, you know, kind of, I guess, 
telling their patients this might be a good idea if they want to help get their diabetes under control. Of course, it's often been recommended that cold baths, ice baths in particular, great for reducing inflammation. Uh, A lot of athletes do so after games to avoid swelling and soreness the following day. And if you have a particular case with diabetes that has been coming up time and time again, apparently they're seeing great uh, kind of results in this being an ongoing thing to help you keep that under control. And if you do it on a regular basis, it's a very good thing for them, apparently, according to this new study. So how about that? Last time you had an ice bath, Big J. Uh, I don't think I've ever had an ice bath. Ever? No. In your life? Like even when you were doing sports in high school? No. You didn't take a soak? No, we dressed for our practices in a parking lot. (laughs) We didn't have ice baths. What is this, Texas football? No, no, no. I'm not saying it was in the locker room. I mean, you'd go home and you would do it. Nobody has an ice bath in their high school locker room. I'm just saying maybe it was something to help you take it down a notch. That would have been like the last time I've done it. I've taken a cold shower, but I've never had an ice bath. Ice baths, uh, by the way, not fun. Uh, There are some people that swear by it, and I get it, but not something that's incredibly enjoyable. But listen, if it's got some serious health benefits or it can help you get over a health crisis, why the hell not, right? Something easy enough to try. You just got to mind over matter kind of thing. Your Boise State Broncos are 2-2 two two after a 27-10 loss to the UTEP Miners on Friday night. Not a good look for the Broncos. Only mustered 177 yards of total offense. UTEP was a 16.5-point underdog. Probably the biggest win in their school's history. And it came at the expense of the Broncos. So much so that it cost Tim Plow, the offensive coordinator, his gig. Dirk Cutter, now the offensive coordinator for the Broncos going forward. Albert Pujols joined the 700 Club this weekend. Uh, It happened Friday night, two home runs in a game against the Dodgers. Uh, He is the fourth player in Major League Baseball history to reach that milestone. Barry Bonds, Hank Aaron, and Babe Ruth. The others, of course, uh, Aaron Judge, no homers over the weekend, still chasing that 61, has a little bit over a week of games left in order for him to not only tie that mark in the AL, but also surpass it. And then... We had football games on your TV yesterday, Big J. Some pretty entertaining ones at that. Dolphins uh, stayed unbeaten, knocking off the Buffalo Bills, who could not quite put it together there at the end to try to get a win. The Dolphins tried to give the game away, but the Bills were just out of timeouts. 21-19, your final score. The Las Vegas Raiders are 0-3, Big J, after losing to the Tennessee Titans 24-22. Bengals picked up their first win of the year against the Jets. The Vikings came back on the Detroit Lions at 128-24. Ravens over the Patriots. Mac Jones may be out for a while. Looks like he's got a high ankle sprain at the very least. So it could be Brian Hoyer time in New England, which is never good. Panthers uh, snapped their nine-game losing streak with a 22-14 win over the Saints. Eagles continue to be probably the best-looking team in the NFL currently with a 24-8 win over the Washington Commanders. Colts upset the Chiefs to pick up their first win and give Kansas City their first loss. Bears over the Texans because the Texans threw a late interception. Jaguars beat the crap out of the Chargers yesterday which I did not see coming 38 to 10 I mean they just stomped them into the ground Rams beat the Cardinals 20 to 12 Packers over the Buccaneers in a game they almost gave away 14 to 12 the final score there Falcons beat the Seahawks uh, last yesterday afternoon as well 27 23 and it was a 
Rough game to watch, but Broncos beat the 49ers 11-10, which is a baseball score on Sunday night football. We have a football game tonight. It is Giants and the Cowboys. Giants trying to stay unbeaten. Uh, they are 2-0. There's only two of those teams left that are undefeated in the NFL after this weekend, and there may just be those two left because I don't think the Giants win tonight. Isn't that crazy? No, I, I think they I think they do. You do? You think oh, they yeah. beat the Cowboys? Oh, yeah. Uh, I think the Cowboys' defense is going to uh, lead them to victory. I'll be shocked. Uh, I'll be shocked if they can stop Saquon Barkley. uh, We'll see. Why? Why do you say that? The Cowboys' defense has played really well. I mean, uh, the offense has been the problem. Yeah, but but he's uh, I mean, he's on track to, to do some damage this season. Yeah, I just think that's uh, who they've gone up against so far. Uh, so we'll see. He didn't have as good of a week two as he did week one. I'll put it that way. Uh, on Saturday, if you were curious to see what at least a little bit of what the movie Batgirl would have looked like before Warner Brothers scrapped it, you may want to follow Leslie Grace on TikTok as she spent a bunch of the weekend showcasing her time on the set of Batgirl, including some behind-the-scenes footage and some footage that would have made it into the movie had it been released. Uh, the video is also set to a couple of songs that she put on, but it's got her practicing her stunts, having fun, wearing makeup, uh, and just posting some stuff that's probably as close to Batgirl as you're ever going to get. So if you want to see how that would have shaken out at least a little bit, you may want to check out her social medias just to kind of get a glimpse because I don't think we're going to see Batgirl in any way, shape, or form in any other medium. So that's as close as you're going to get to it. And Pop Culture Smackdown. We've got some tickets for your show happening this week, Sunday night at the Rev Center. Trivium coming to town along with Between the Buried and Me and White Chapel. So it's going to be a metal show. We'll get you there. Just beat me at Pop Culture Smackdown. 208-287-1003 is the number that you need to call if you'd like to play Pop Culture Smackdown. You have to know a little bit about pop culture. You have to defeat Big J in the process. But if you can do those two things, sometimes they're pretty easy. You can end up going to a pretty big show coming up this Sunday. Let's go to the phones. Hello, the X. Hello. What's up, man? What's your name? This is Joshua. Joshua, you are up first. Josh, which pop legend did Will Ferrell famously play on a couple episodes of Saturday Night Live? I'm going to give you some choices. Did he play Elton John? Was he Neil Diamond or was he Tom Jones? Tom Jones. Tom Jones is incorrect. I'm sorry, Josh. Thank you for playing, however. We appreciate you. Hello, the X. Oh, somebody doesn't know. Sometimes you just get scared, man. What do you do? Hello, the X. Hey. hey, man, which pop legend did Will Ferrell play on a couple episodes of Saturday Night Live? Was it Elton John, Neil Diamond, or Tom Jones? Ooh. Tom Jones. No. Wrong. No, it was not Tom Jones. Do you know this one, Big Jim? No, man. Really? Hello, The X. I, I know. It's a pretty famous skit. Hello, The X. Several of them. Hey. Hey, which pop legend did Will Ferrell play on Saturday Night Live? Was he Elton John, was he Neil Diamond, or Tom Jones? Neil Diamond. That is correct. Yes. Uh, Will has said that was actually his inspiration for the Anchorman character because he would go on and just say incredibly weird and strange things as Neil Diamond, and that gave him the idea for Anchorman. Big J, what is the name of Vin Diesel's character in the Fast and Furious movie series? Uh, It is uh, Toretto. I'll take it. Right. Last name's good enough for me on uh, Jeopardy Rules. Dominic Toretto uh, is the full name. Back to you, sir. Vin Diesel has a custom version of what very popular game which he's contributed to books about. Is it Grand Theft Auto, Dungeons & Dragons, or Candy Crush? Dungeons & Dragons. That is correct. Vin Diesel, a huge 
dungeons and dragons. Never would picture that. Never. Uh, Big J, one of Vin Diesel's films uh, ended up getting a Best Picture nomination. Which movie was Vin Diesel in that also got a Best Picture nomination? Only one. He's only been in one. I'm going to go with Saving Private Ryan. That is correct. Right. Good job. Back to you. Which Marvel Universe superhero does Benedict Cumberbatch play? Doctor Strange. That is correct. Well done. Big J, speaking of Benedict Cumberbatch, what character did he play in the Hobbit film series? Oh. Uh, Frodo Jr. Frodo Jr., the famous character in the Hobbit series. No, unfortunately. That is This is one of those questions he knows I will not get right. Uh, I was thinking about uh, throwing some choices your way. Uh, Bilbo Baggins, Legolas, or Smog? Smog? Yeah, that's right. Do you know what it was? No. Right. Of course. Big old dragon, dude. Big old dragon in the movie. Congratulations, ma'am. You got yourself all set up and good to go with some Trivium tickets for Sunday. Please hold on one second. We'll get some information from you and make sure you're all set and good to go. Morning After with Nick and Big J. We got some headlines coming up next on the X-Rocks. On the Morning After with Nick and Big J. Let's do some headlines, Big J. They are as follows. Nice find, don't drink and buy, or nice find part two, electric boogaloo. Don't... What was the middle one? Don't find out the truth. No, that wasn't even close. Uh, Don't drink and buy was the actual headline. Don't drink and buy. Uh, I am guilty of this sometimes, but uh, never something this egregious. Uh, For instance, like, you know, you have a couple of beverages. Next thing you know, you're on Amazon Prime buying something that you don't need to buy. And you realize after it gets to your house that you probably shouldn't have bought it. Well, a 40-year-old woman got hammered and made an impulse purchase of her own. Uh, This one was a house, though. Uh, Her name is Luana Rivera of Wales. She saw the home with a friend, but the friend didn't enjoy the neighborhood that much and decided against bidding on the property. So that night, after getting hammered, she decided, you know what? I'm going to buy the house, and she won. She didn't have any recollection of actually making this bid, so that's part of it, but she got home the next morning, opened up her email, and she's like, oh my god, I I bought a house. Uh, Although her boyfriend did give her the silent treatment for her actions, the home ended up being a good investment. She ended up uh, turning it around and flipping it and doing a pretty good job, so I'm guessing she is probably in this business as it is and then just made a drunk purchase, but that's crazy. I need to tell my friend Derek this because this sounds like a lifetime movie, ready to happen the uh the hammered flipper or the drunk yeah. flipper yeah and it works out for her so yeah that, that's the good news is it ended up making her money in the long run because this could have gone sour i'm guessing an impulse buy of like 80 to ninety thousand dollars doesn't always work out so lucky that it did nice find or nice find part two electric boogaloo <laughs> Called nice find. Let's do it in order. Will Sidiri of Maine went to an estate sale to find a mixer and ended up buying a piece of paper that uh, he thought looked pretty old. It was hanging on the wall and noticed that it had some Latin script and gold detailing. He was like, yeah, it looks kind of cool. And he threw down $50 to purchase it and then had it examined by academics. Turns out this document is over 700 years old. It was used in the Bava Cathedral in France, and the document is now worth up to $10,000. He says he's going to hold on to it for a little while, and hopefully it it, kind of grows in investment a little bit more. But he does think that it's a beautiful kind of document and wants to hang it up anyway so nice find man 50 bucks turned into ten thousand pretty quick yeah i wish i could be that lucky we'll wrap it up with nice find part two 
And it's always nice when you lose something around the house and then you find it, even though you thought it was gone forever. And a Cincinnati man had been missing some jewelry that he lost, and he didn't need to go far to find it. His name is Joey Lincolns, and he lost his septum piercing five years ago. We've all been there. Oh, man, I hate that. And he eventually gave up looking for it and just bought a new one. But recently, he woke up in the middle of the night, couldn't stop coughing, had some difficulty breathing. So he went to the hospital. Chest x-ray, guess what it revealed, Big J? A septum ring? A septum piece of jewelry in one of his lungs. He had inhaled it, apparently, during his sleep. The doctor came in and showed him an x-ray of the picture, and he said, does this look familiar? And he's like, I've been looking for that for, like, months. So the doctors had to perform emergency surgery to retrieve the piercing out of his lung. So make sure those septum piercings are in there nice and tight. I hope he knows where his Prince Albert thing is he lost that too god knows where that is but woke up really had trouble peeing that night be impressive he found that in his lung you know (laughs) morning after with nick (laughs) and big j i guess you're right how about we call that the end of headlines it is the morning after with nick and big j (laughs) here's traffic yeah we've taken it into a real dark territory uh, we are going to take one final look at the TDS Fiber Traffic Center here quickly inside, uh, courtesy of CB. What's going on on the streets? That is latest from Asking Alexandria with Temptation helping out there as well. It's called Faded Out here on 100.3 The X Rocks. And somebody that you are familiar with if you're a sports fan here in the Treasure Valley is fading out. Who would that be, Big J? Yeah, uh, Boise State Bronco quarterback, well, formerly quarterback, Hank Bachmeyer. That's it, man. He has decided that he wants to do what, Big J? Enter the transfer portal. He is done. He doesn't want to be a part of the Broncos anymore. Which I didn't know you could do in the middle of the season. I I mean, I knew you could, but it's very rare that a starting quarterback decides to do that halfway through. But I get the feeling that probably between Friday and today, there was a conversation with Hank Bachmeyer about not being the starting quarterback for the Boise State Broncos anymore. While I cannot say that that's what happened, I'm guessing when Dirk got the gig, he's like, we're going to go with Green to try to kickstart the offense. And Hank's like, well, I want to play. And he's got, I think, two years left because of COVID and a red shirt. So he's got some places that he can go and play, but it'll have to be probably at a level below Boise State in order to play right away. Listen, it's tough. It's tough to be an athlete of a college sports uh, the, when in, that's one of the only things happening in a town, and um, it, it's very popular, and there's expectations, and it's just a tough gig, man. And it's sometimes really not fair to them as human beings, and the pressure that they can put on. And I mean, when I think about this, I've been a Bronco fan since we moved here in 1988, and uh, I, I can just think back to some of those QBs, and I'm like, they made tons of mistakes, they made tons of errors, and of course, the expectations weren't so high. Um, but I just can't imagine that. Just you know. In a blink of an eye, we all we can think about is how much we want to blame these kids and 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 say all kinds of awful things and just it's crazy. A lot of pressure to be under. Well, people still talk yeah. about Jared Zabransky, who took yeah. the, the program to the highest heights it, it was ever at. I mean, Kellen Moore is really the only untouchable quarterback, maybe even player that that this uh, college football program has had. But you know, Hank has not been treated well by the fans here in this town. I think, you know... 
part of that is because of the way that he played, but I am I know I'm probably in the minority, but you and I have talked about this off the year. I'm not 100% sold that all the problems on the Boise State offense are Hank's problem. Uh, I think that offensive line's got some real issues, especially with pass blocking, and Hank is not exactly what you call a mobile quarterback, but he is an accurate one when he has time to throw. He just doesn't have that time, and he's not mobile, and I think they need somebody back there that can run around if this team this year is going to be any kind of successful because that's the kind of thing that you need from a quarterback with this offensive line and I think the wide receivers have not really played as well as you hope they would pick up the slack with Shakur moving on and so that's become a problem as well and all that leads to a 2-2 two and two start and people pissed at Hank thinking he's the problem or the offensive coordinator this problem and it could be a little bit of both with personnel and with coaching so we'll see new coach new starting quarterback Hank Bachmeyer is gone where he goes, we don't know, but he doesn't want to be here anymore. And I guess that's kind of what you wanted, Bronco fans, right? I mean, that's what I'm getting. They weren't happy with the offensive coordinator. They didn't like the starting quarterback. Now all that stuff is changing. So now I guess we got to find another person that we're angry at if things don't seem to work out this way. Who's next on the chopping block? Avalos? I, I, is that who we're coming for next? Probably. I'm trying to figure it all out. But, yeah, it was pretty uh, – I don't think I have much to do with the Boise State football program. Not to say I wouldn't if they asked, but they haven't come knocking yet. Morning After with Nick and Big J. We will do some bad impressions next on the X-Rocks. On the Morning After with Nick and Big J. Yeah, and we've got uh, – oh, wait, bad impressions brought to you by the Idaho Center pre-owned Superstore Treasure Valley Subaru. And we've got tickets for you, Candlebox, Glorious Sons, and – Aaron Jones going to be here Saturday at the Expo Idaho uh, at Grandstand. Could be a great show, which should be a nice, beautiful evening of rock and roll. We'll get you set up with tickets to that if you can figure out bad impressions. Phone number is 208-287-1003. If you'd like to go to Saturday's show, now would be the time to get on the phone. It works like this. Big J has three clues. Now, each clue points to somebody pretty famous. If you can figure out who that famous person is in three clues or less... Then congratulations, you got a concert you're going to on Saturday, and I think that's going to make you feel better about things. So, hello, The X. How's it going? Good morning, man. What's your name? Brian. All right, Brian, you're up first. Movies I've starred in since the 80s have grossed almost $4 billion. Okay, next. Hey, yo, Adrian. Uh, Sylvester Stallone. Yeah! Good job, my man. Hang on one second. We'll hook you up with those Candlebox, Glorious Sons, and Aaron Jones tickets for Saturday at Expo Idaho. What was clue three for fun? Uh, I've been no- nominated for two Oscars, including for Rocky Balboa in the first movie. And even one. Uh, why is Sylvester Stallone in the news? Uh, you know, I, I, did, I was debating on whether or not to talk about this because I didn't want to turn this into like, oh, hey, we're the U.S. Magazine of morning radio. Uh, is that what you call it? I don't know. U.S. Magazine? Us Magazine? Yeah, us. Uh, but uh, I, I, Sylvester Stallone is apparently uh, reconciled with uh, his wife, Jennifer Flavin. Thank Christ. That's amazing. So, what a treat. I mean, that I means he doesn't have to cover up any more tattoos. <laughs> That's like... <laughs> Uh, yeah, apparently a spokesperson for Stallone said uh, that they decided to meet back up at home where they talked and were able to work out their differences. They're both extremely happy, but, you know, I mean, immediately knee-jerk reaction. He goes and re- covers up tattoos. I mean, uh. that's got I mean, if you're the wife, right, you got to be like, hey, man, that was the first thing you did. Like, now we're back together and now you got like I your dog. Probably better than him going banging a bunch of chicks. I guess. Um, not to say that hasn't happened, too. Who knows? But. Uh, I'm glad they're back together, Big J, because you know what that means. Reality show's back on, so something else for you to watch. Yeah, or was this all just a... 
just a bunch of baloney. You might be right. It could just be some sort of weird like uh, way to get the show pumped up or get people interested in it or gauge the interest. And they're like, well, a bunch of idiots in Boise are talking about it. That must mean people are interested in our social some life. Some fat dude with a Sylvester Stallone tattoo thinks this is great stuff. So like, let's go for the green light on the reality show. At least he'll watch it. Let's go. And you would watch it, too. You've admitted to that, right? The yeah, reality maybe. show they're working on, you would watch. I would have. Listen, it would depend on the first episode. Oh, they got to get you in the pilot, huh? Yeah. They gotta like, pull if you this, is, uh, this is just uh, the Sylvester Stallone version of Kardashians, I can't do that. Well, I mean, that's what it has to be. What are you. I don't what know. kind of groundbreaking things are you thinking is going to happen in this know. reality show? I don't know. It's going to be the Kardashians. Because, I mean, this is going to focus on his wife and his kids and him, and he's going to pop up every now and again. It'll be like the Jay Cutler thing. Morning After with Nick and Big J. We will wrap up this show here next on the X-Rocks. Highly suspect natural-born killer wrapping up the Morning After with Nick and Big J on this Monday. Thanks for hanging out with us. We had a chance to kick off inflation retaliation, Big J. The code word was given at around right around the top of this hour, and you will have four more chances today to get in on the code word action. Of course, the more correct code words you text in, the more chances you get for the daily drawing of $1,000. My point is it pays to listen. So listen around 1110 or so for Jason Drew to give you the next code word to text into the TDS Fiber text line at 208-287-1003 and get in on the action like, quite frankly, Big J, a bunch of people did it yeah. earlier today. Thank you. Thank you for listening. We do certainly do appreciate it. Always nice to know there are people out there, Big J, uh, of which we gave some information to about, you know, defecating and urinating on graves today we talked about. We had a chance to talk about dinner time as well as streaming services. So we really ran the gamut today, but it does leave you with the floor, Big J. Yeah, a couple uh, days ago, Alan Richardson, he's, uh, Richardson, he's the star of uh, Reacher on Amazon Prime. Uh, they started filming season two that makes me excited yeah. season one was great and uh, i'm sure season two will be ju- what book did you say that they were doing for this now nah, i forget oh, okay but it was one that you were excited about if i remember yes. right so uh listen the season one's great if you're a reacher fan and you read the books fantastic if not i think you'll be impressed by it no matter what so good to see that show coming back we will come back tomorrow as well with more chances at Candlebox and trivium tickets so hang around jason drew's coming in next we'll see you then it's the x rocks the morning after podcast brought to you by idaho advocates you didn't deserve to be in an accident but you do deserve an advocate make sure you hit them up on their website idahoadvocates.com